1: joining us now on the program wichita state athletic director kevin saul fresh off of shocker madness kevin how are you this morning
2: doing well this morning
1: how are you guys doing hey my texas rangers are onto the alcs there is no there bad news are. there's no bad news for me today uh it's, it's how a long good have you been a rangers day. fan my entire life i it That's is good. the team like it's hard now and and i think you probably understand this too in your line of work like i don't have a lot of allegiances that you know are the same as when i was a kid the rangers are that team for me like that's the team that i care the most about invest the most in and uh, still root for in a business where it's hard to root for things other than great stories and success for the people that you follow Uh, we're rooting for success for the shockers this year you guys have shocker madness now in the books so give us a bird's eye view. How did things go? I know you guys beefed that up this year. What'd you think of the turnout and, you know, the festivities and all of it and how it how it ended up going?
2: Well, first off, it was an awesome weekend. We put uh, Brad Pittman, you guys know Brad, he oversees our operations facilities events. And we put him in charge of the weather and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I mean, it was beautiful <laughs> weather all done. weekend. Um, we, you know, we've been working on that weekend for about a year. Um, I won't bore you with the details, but. You guys know when we walked in, we're meeting with everybody on the staff. We're doing deep program audits. Well, one of the themes that came out of that first week back in summer of 22 was we needed a weekend that we could focus priority recruiting efforts on that would compete and feel like a, a, a unique home football game type experience that they're going to get at other places. And so we said, okay, well, let's start to detail that out. What's that look like? Well, the end result was this, this past weekend. We had volleyball Uh, Friday night. We had baseball and softball Saturday afternoon. We did an athletic department tailgate that probably had, I'm going to guess, 4 or 500 folks in the throws area just south of Coke Arena. Um, We had volleyball games set up, tents, tables, Adirondack chairs, BHC barbecue, came and barbecued it. We had about 30 or 40 recruits, unofficial and official recruits in the weekend. Um, So we got a chance to mix and mingle with uh, families, um, they saw our student athletes interacting with each other. Uh, it was a really cool event there, and then that fed directly into Shocker Madness, where we introduced all of our teams, all 15 of our teams, and 250 student athletes. We did the uh, the exhibitions, 12 uh, minute running clock for for women's and men's basketball, and then we transitioned right into the Tech Nine concert, followed up with volleyball on Sunday. So it was a jam packed weekend, and there was a lot of great feedback. Um from student athletes, from student athletes' parents that were here, from alumni that that were a part of it, and even from our recruit families just talking about how that was a really cool family feel. And that's obviously what we were shooting for.
3: Kevin, this was the first time that fans got to see Paul Mills and Terry Nooner on the sidelines coaching, albeit in a scrimmage, but still had a chance to see what those guys are are like on the sidelines and and what they do. Uh, What was that like for you to watch them for the first time do their thing in Charles Koch Arena?
2: Well, it was good, but keep in mind, I go to a bunch of practices, too, so I have an opportunity to see it in maybe a little bit more structured environment as opposed to the Shocker Madness that was a little bit more of an exhibition. Uh, environment and so I get a little bit more excited for the structured component than I do the unstructured but what was really cool about the night is we were a little over double the attendance that we had last year and obviously we want to continue to grow that I think in our heyday we had four or five thousand folks at Shocker Madness and so we'll continue to do that we'll tinker in the future with three-point contests maybe dunk contests I've been a part of some where you get the men's and women's staff that compete against each other in some sort of a, a competition like knockout or some version of that. But uh, it's really a night for the fans. It's a night – it's a celebratory night for the for the players because they've been working at it pretty hard. And so they get an opportunity to, quote, unquote, compete in front of fans. And, and it gives them kind of an injection to, to know what they're uh, what they're playing for and who they're playing for. So I thought all in all, it was a really great night.
1: Let's let's talk about parlaying that then into a media day. And look, we love this for both programs. We'll start with the men picked eighth in a new team that is, you know, subtracted Houston and Cincinnati and UCF. I mean, if you're looking for bulletin board material, which we know is valuable, right? You can put that thing right front and center if you're Paul Mills right for this team to go out and and bust those expectations. That's a coach's poll.
2: Yeah, I think um, it won't be the primary focus, but I certainly think it's a data point um, for, for both of our programs. The women were picked 11th out of 14th, and the men for the second consecutive year, 8th out of 14th. And I think in talking to our head coach and some of our student athletes, they are all highly motivated to outperform those expectations. And so, um, again, I, I think it's probably not something that you focus on um, entirely or exclusively, uh, but certainly it's in the back of your mind and among many other things um, provides some motivation for us. How
3: hard is it, Kevin, especially on the men's side, but really both men's and women's? How difficult is it, do you think, to gauge these preseason coaches' pulls? And I know that, like, really, at the end of the day, they they don't really matter, right? But especially in a year like this where you're losing teams like Houston and Cincinnati, Uh, in the conference, but you're gaining Florida Atlantic who had the Cinderella run last year in the tournament and other programs like UAB to really gauge how that conference is going to pan out.
2: Yeah, I, listen, I I think you can, you can look at it a few different ways. Um, The the coaches obviously have a really good feel for their teams. um, And and I think they have a pretty good sense for what's going on in the league because they're recruiting against it and they're watching it and, and those elements, but they're, they're not in my mind as attuned to the other teams as obviously they are to theirs. If you think about the new members in our league of the eight teams that were playing in the final components of the three different tournaments, the CBI, the NIT, and the NCAA tournament, we have four of those eight teams are coming into our league in Florida, Atlantic, North Texas, UAB, and Charlotte. So you have some strength that's certainly coming into the league. And we're all looking forward to that. So I, I think it will be a tight race, uh, tight standings, and, and I think it will be very entertaining for uh, fans. Um, I, I do think it's very difficult to predict those things in preseason polls. I've never really seen a analysis, but I think it'd be curious to go back and look at like the last five to 10 years of preseason polls and then what the variance was with the actual uh, postseason standing. So I think you'll see there's a lot of variance there just because um, it's a projection based on the information that you have. And, and it's it would be unreasonable to expect any one particular head coach to know everything about every team right. in the league. So yeah, we'll I, see how it goes. And um, it's, it's really more for entertainment to kind of set up the season.
1: People always get angry at those. I don't get angry at them. I, I love them because I, I I'm – you know, there's a lot of people that don't think they should exist. When we're talking about top 25s and all that. I don't agree with that. It gives us something to try to at least gauge things on at the beginning of the year. But, boy, now more than ever, like, they really are it, – it is guesswork. And it's almost like you can admit it now, too, because all the players have changed. But when when we look at the men's side of the AAC, I do think it's interesting – just about everybody would agree with Florida Atlantic at the top and probably Memphis too. But then if you look at like the amount, you know, that the sort of number tallying system to that, they use to, to come up with the order of things, it's kind of a jumbled mess there three through eight or nine. And that does feel a little bit like it could be reality, right? Like we, after you get through the returners and all the strength of Florida Atlantic and, you know, the pedigree, as far as, you know, some of the athletes coming into Memphis, it is kind of a crapshoot in that next tier, it did feel like that was probably, there's a decent chance that could be accurate. Yeah. And I
2: agree with you. There's so many variables that go into the season that we'll talk about in the weeks and months ahead that you just can't predict with these polls, right? Whether you might have a, you might have a starting point guard that's out for two weeks. Um, You know, you just, you just don't know what that looks like. And so again, I think it's entertainment. I do think it's going to be a tight race. I, I think uh, we have teams that on any given night can beat any other team in the league if they're playing well. And, and certainly we, we've got a, a really entertaining home schedule. Um, you guys may have saw this week that um, not only we continue to sell season tickets, I I, I do want to share some good news. We're at about a hundred lower bowl seats from being sold out um, season ticket wise. And so uh, we actually made a move as directors of athletics yesterday it's a it's an interesting move where you know visiting teams get a certain allotment of tickets when they go on the road and the, the allotment stays the same but what they're doing is shifting the location and so the 40 that were required directly behind the bench has been reduced to 20 So we have 20 seats directly behind the visiting team bench that we're, we're trying to sell here between now and and October 29th from a season ticket standpoint, we just put mini plans on sale. We've got three different mini plans that we think uh, two, two, three games, and excuse me, a three game, a four game, and then a weekend package that we think uh, will help with uh, getting new folks in the building. Obviously we've made investments in terms of the, the, the metal detectors to get people in a whole lot quicker, um, the, the, the rails, the handrails and the upper deck, um, both of those have been very well received. So, um, again, we're pushing to try and fill this building and understand that it's going to be a combination of not only the product that we put on the floor, but the game production, the fan experience, the safety, the efficiency of the whole thing. And so uh, we're working towards that effort.
3: Kevin, going back to Shocker Madness really quick, on the women's side, of course, you and I, and we've, we've talked about it on this program before uh, the importance of, of recruiting locally and, you know, knowing some of the the players that are on Terry Nooner's team, like Treasure Job and El Ancio and others that are, you know, Wichita uh, products, getting a chance to see them uh, on the court, you know, to start off their their time with Wichita State under Terry Nooner and Antoine Scales and all of that in Shocker Madness. How cool is that to be able to you know know that these these players are from Wichita they're Wichita raised and, and now playing for Terry Nooner's team?
2: Well I think it's a it's a it's a really good point and I think it's a connection with the Wichita fan base that <clears throat> maybe hasn't existed to this extent in the past. I mean you look at last year's roster, if we had 15 uh, young women on our roster, I think 11 came from different countries. Um, and so there is a unique connection um, when you talk about that. And you have to look at staff, right? When we made the decision um, to bring on uh, Terry, who's from Raytown, Missouri, he's close. He played at Kansas. He's got uh, roots and history in this area. And then obviously you got Nick Bradford who played with him at Kansas. Uh, that's from Fayetteville, Arkansas, who's who's in this area regionally. And then you've got Antoine Scales who was – um, you know, at Wichita South for six years and went to uh, won four state championships, went to six, um, and then has flipped two JUCO programs. So you start to think about uh, trying to build a fence around some talent within the city of Wichita and being able to bring through the portal some of those young women that played in Wichita in high school from other four-year institutions that, that are outside of Wichita. And so obviously Brooke Costley, um, another assistant coach, was coached by Terry. So we have a really tight staff. And what I will tell you with that staff is um, our players are very, very comfortable. They're challenged, but they're very comfortable with that staff, knowing that they have the best interest of our players at heart. They're going to push them really hard. Uh, but Treasure Job is a perfect example. Treasure um, valued staying close to home. So she went to Emporia State. She's a Division II uh, All American. Uh, we recruit her this summer. Uh, we're recruiting against uh, Iowa, uh, Purdue oregon and she decides to come here and and obviously we don't take that lightly she's a special player Um, and so her and dj up top are going to be great and um, anyway we got a lot of good things going on and i just think that flair question opens up a pretty broad conversation about the composition of your staff but then also the ability for your fans to support some young women from wichita
1: kevin saul wichita state athletic director joining us here on sports daily a part of bi-weekly visits we always appreciate it and we appreciate your perspective on the changing college landscape. There were there have been numerous stories out. There's a, a hearing, I think it is tomorrow, to perhaps bring up some proposals to changing the NIL. Now, what I take from it, and, and maybe I'm not taking the biggest enough points away, is that there is a push to, to allow universities to be more directly involved in the NIL process. Can you explain what's being proposed here and where you stand on those proposals?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in that NIL space right now from the D1 Council, who has basically created uh, three different subcommittees, one that is looking at the transparency of agreements, um, one that is looking at uh, the transfer component and how it's tied in with NIL, and so there's a lot of attention being paid to that uh, to help provide and inform and educate on what could be upcoming federal legislation. So to what you're referring to, the U.S. Senate Judiciary Committee uh, announced that it's going to hold an NIL hearing on October 17th. Um, So our president, NCAA president, Charlie Baker, Big Ten commissioner, uh, Tony uh, Petiti, they're scheduled to be there as well. And the title of that time, that agenda is Name, Image, and Likeness in the Future of College Sports. So they're going to look at the different federal NIL legislative proposals that are out there, and there's about three or four of them out there, guys. And what I would tell you is I've read through every single one of them. I think there are great components to each one, and then there are, I think there are some components that you scratch your head at with each one. What seems to be a coalescing themes are uh, transparency. Right. That everybody understands the NIL deals that are going on because there's a lot of misinformation that's being put out publicly that's not actually happening. And it's hurting our student athletes, but it's being done from a recruiting standpoint. We have bad actors in the space that are telling kids whatever it takes to get them to campus and then under delivering on those promises when they get to campus. So we've got to make sure that, number one, we address that. Number two, there has to be a standardized agreement for NIL. And that's got to be nationwide that protects our young people, that clearly outlines what they're going to receive uh, from that institution when they go there. That piece is really important. So, um, and then the reporting pieces I think are really important. And then how does that connect into because we all know that it's being re- uh, used as a recruiting inducement, but how does that connect to recruiting? What are permissible ways to talk about? Um, What you're going to receive from an NIL perspective before you go to the institution, because it'd be disingenuous for us to say that the student athletes are not evaluating that before they make their institutional decisions. And so uh, we've got to figure those those three key components out.
3: Kevin, I want to uh, uh, shift gears here quickly to men's golf. Uh, The Judd Easterling era continues with another win for the Shockers. Earlier this week in Newton at Sand Creek Station, men's golf go up there for the uh, second annual Greer Jones Shocker Invitational. Talk a little bit about what you're seeing from that squad and uh, the fact that they were able to get another victory in the second time that this tournament's been held.
2: Well, I tell you what, Sand Creek Station, I've not been out there, guys. I don't know if you've had an opportunity to play or not, but It's uh, it's a great track. Um, it's yeah, a really, really cool. good track. I thought they did a, a really nice job with it. They were motivated to to have us there. I would tell you that um, they've hosted a lot of USGA events out there, and so they're motivated. They want us to come back. So um, that piece was really, really good. The weather was great. Uh, you know, I had a chance to walk slash ride for about half the day on Monday with the guys. They played 36 on Monday and then uh, 18 yesterday. So you get into – the last nine holes yesterday and we had actually lost the lead by a stroke or two. Um, We got it back by the time we had gotten to 16, 17 and then held that lead. I think we won by three or four strokes, but it was a compact tight field. You had Oklahoma state was there. Seton hall was there. Abilene Christian, uh, Missouri state, some, some of the Missouri Valley conference foes. Uh, But it was great to see our guys compete. Um, You know, um, Zach uh, Sokoloski uh, did a nice job. Uh, it was good to walk with those guys. I-, I saw every single one of them. If I start naming them, I'm going to leave them out. But Connor Geist is a young guy in our program that did really well. Aston Castillo played phenomenally well. Um, Ty Adkins struggled a little bit, but he's, he's, uh, he is capable and he will be a significant contributor on this club. So, um, again, I, I just, Judge done a remarkable job. He's got a new assistant coach in Cole Elmore, um, who has got a lot of energy and our guys really respond to that well. So it's always great to win. Um, championships um, and win those titles because it gives you confidence moving into the next one. So uh, really good. And that's back-to-back, guys. They won the the same event last year, and uh, it will continue to get better. What's interesting about this event is that beginning next year, I think Judd and I were talking about this yesterday, Um, there's for the individual winner, there's going to be an exemption in the corn ferry event that's that's held over at Crescent. And so that that will promote a whole lot of uh, other teams and motivate a whole lot of other teams to be a part of the deal. So I would I would envision this field will continuously get better um, over the years because of that exemption. That'll be helpful.
1: All right, Kevin. We will have boy, well, we'll have a ton more to talk about in a couple of weeks when we get into this, whether it comes to men's and women's basketball, the sports that are currently participating. Maybe we'll have some further clarity on some of this NIL stuff, which uh, you can go find. You know, some of those proposals. I think that would be very interesting for people. But uh, we'll be back. Not enough time in the day, of course, to do it again in a couple of weeks. We appreciate the time, and we'll talk again soon, guys. Thanks so much for having us on the show. Have a great day, and go Shockers.